Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hi friends it's meg it's almost May, and that means that we are at the start of the mid-year gifting season. Mother's Day is coming up, and then it's going to be full-on graduation season. Now, of course, that's on my mind because our oldest child is graduating in May, and we have so many graduation presents to purchase. And, you know, we already have conversations happening in our awesome community about Mother's Day, what to get your mom, your mother-in-law, what to ask for for yourself this year. Listen, May is chaotic enough as it is. We have done all the shopping for you and created two brand new idea lists in our Sorta Awesome store on Amazon. All of the gifts have been picked by the Sorta Awesome team and we included suggestions from our community. So basically it's all awesome approved. I will drop a link in the show notes and you can shop our entire Amazon store anytime by going to amazon.com slash shop slash Sorta Awesome. And remember, when you shop our affiliate shop, we may receive a small commission on whatever you buy. So you are supporting Sorta Awesome while you work through your gift list. It's a win-win for everyone. Okay, let's get on with the show. Hi, Awesomes. Welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I'm your host, Meg Teets, and I am so thrilled to be joined today by Sorta Awesome regular Mindy Browse. Hi, Mindy. Hi, Meg. I'm so glad to see your beautiful face this morning. I'm so glad to see your amazingly beautiful face and the absolute resilience that is shining through right now. Awesomes, Mindy is on the tail end of having COVID herself, it went through the family. I was like, are you sure you don't want to reschedule? But Mindy was like, no, midlife waits for no woman. Exactly right. Midlife does not care what illness is going through your house. We must have the midlife discussions. So if Mindy is here, you know we are back for our Midlife with Mindy and Meg series. And Mindy, we thought this week, here's the thing. (laughs) You and I have both said, Since we started Midlife with Mindy and Meg, suddenly all this conversation about Mm -hmm. perimenopause, menopause, midlife issues, it's everywhere. It's all around us. We like summoned the conversation. (laughs) The world heard us and said, hey, Mindy and Meg have something. This is valid. This is valid. And we're so excited that the voices we are are shouting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So thrilled to see so many conversations happening. Now, what we thought we could do this time on Midlife with with Mindy and Meg is to look at some of the articles that have kind of caught our attention in the past couple of weeks or months or maybe even in the past year. 
that have some really interesting information about perimenopause, menopause, and just midlife issues for women in general. (laughs) So Minnie and I have both read these. We're going to share our reactions to them today. It's kind of one of those where like, we read the article so you don't have to, and we're going to tell you. Exactly. (laughs) We're like your spark notes, so we can help you. We, yes, we are your... That's right. That's life smart notes. Golden and shiny version right. over here. And from Meg awesome. is even going to get me to say two words that I can't believe I'm going to say on air. So be ready for that, too. So we'll oh. see. Yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's a teaser I didn't even know about. I know. <laughs> but it's still um, clear, you know, clean rating. We're fine. We're fine. Just so Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. I mean, we can put an E on it if we need to. If anything deserves an E rating, it's freaking oh, going through gosh. these midlife changes. Right. But also... Mindy, I was going to tease this. Mindy, also, you had mentioned in the past the Galveston Diet book, Mm -hmm. and you hadn't read it yet. We just like mentioned it in passing, but now you have read it. So also, you guys stay tuned because Mindy's going to share some of her thoughts on that as well. Yep. We have so much good midlife conversation. We want to inform you. We want to encourage you and just invite you into this conversation with us. We have all of that coming up today on Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, awesomes, to the show that is all about helping you to be smart, strong, and social. If you have been looking for a community of women, no matter what age or stage of life you're in, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm only 27, listen, keep on a going because we have got everything that you need here on the podcast to be informed, to know what's awesome in the world, to think about how to take an awesome view on things that are not so great. And even more importantly, We also have a community on the go just for you. So outside of the podcast app, wherever you're listening to Sorta Awesome, you can go beyond that and find one of our social media communities. We would love to have you join us. We are over on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show over there. All kinds of fun stuff going on all the time on our Instagram account. We just want to bring that awesome, bring that gold sparkle to your Instagram feed. And the heart of our community is on Facebook, and that is the Sorta Awesome Hangout. We have almost 6,000 women who just show up daily. Mindy, I cannot even tell you every time I pop into the community, I'm like, I didn't even know I didn't know that thing. Like somebody was talking about just this week. Hey, guys, what do you put in your Apple wallet if you have an iPhone? What all do you keep in your Apple wallet? I was like, well, I never thought to keep anything in there. (laughs) I was like... Wow, this is a new thought. Like there is so much there in that community. Besides the fact that everyone is just kind, like it is a kind, affirming, encouraging place, you're going to have ideas brought to you that you may never have considered, or it's also a safe space to get advice, which I feel like is a really important thing right now. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So we would really love to have you join us over in the Hangout. Of course, if you want to take your relationship with Sword Awesome to the next level, you can become a Sword Awesome superstar. Those are our supporters on Patreon. We have <laughs> Mindy's doing the hand motion. If you're not watching on YouTube, you are missing. Mindy and I are both very expressive women. Yes, Our hands are. are all over the place. <laughs> I mean, how can you not say superstar? <laughs> Every time you say it, I'm like, superstar. Yes. Yes. Those are our Patreon supporters, and they are truly super. We have hours upon hours upon hours of 
bonus episodes that have never seen the light of day on the regular sort of awesome feed. All of that you can download and listen to right now. We have monthly bonus episodes. We have a special Facebook group. We have texting where you can text with me and the Sorta Awesome team. There's a lot going on and it's just $5 a month at patreon.com slash Sorta Awesome. So Mindy and I would love to have you join us. Oh, dude, it's the best $5 you can spend a month to support everything that's going on there, but also just the content, you know? Yes, absolutely. It's worth a Starbucks drink a month, I promise. Thank you. I agree with that. I wholeheartedly agree. Okay, Mindy, before we get into all of our midlife talk, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. If you're new to Sorta Awesome, Awesome of the Week is that moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life a little bit more awesome right now. It could be a book or a TV show, movie, a podcast, a product, and a recipe, just something that's bringing the gold sparkle to your days. Mindy, what do you have for Awesome of the Week this week? Oh, my Awesome of the Week is something that I wish I could press in everybody's hands, and it is a book. And I'm sure you're, you're not shocked. Shocker. But, yeah. Okay. Shocker. So, <laughs> I have been going through some stuff emotionally and then physically with COVID and Jubilee. For those of you who don't know, Jubilee, our seventh, our baby, has Down syndrome, and she is very susceptible to respiratory illnesses becoming complicated. and COVID was a beast on her this time. And gosh, you know, it was just a lot. But even before then, just emotionally, also I struggle with depression. That's a thing for me. And so I was needing a comfort something. Mm. And I realized that I have a comfort book, but it's even better than that. It's a comfort series. And so I really think that when I'm struggling, it's really nice to have two types of reads for me either reread or familiar worlds, right? Like we oh, all yeah. love to watch, show, we have comfort shows that we watch over and yes. over. Books can be the same thing. Yes. But sometimes I don't want to reread. I want to go visit the world. I want to visit my characters yes. in new situations. And this is that for me. And Meg, I am telling you, when I started reading it, I'm giggling. I am texting my husband. I'm taking pictures of pages in the book. Whenever that happens, that's a really good sign that something is bringing me a lot of comfort and joy. And this is The Chronicles of St. Mary's by Jody Taylor. This is a series. The Chronicles of St. Mary's is the name of the series. Book number one, are you ready? Is called Just One Damn Thing After Another. If that oh, isn't okay. one of the best titles in the world, I absolutely love it. Highly relatable. Yes, yes. I love the title. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so here's why these books are fun and a good comfort read for me is I really adore some great snark conversations with characters. I love it. I love Mm -hmm. co-workers who are like family. I love historical fiction, but I also love historical fiction that's not exactly a historical fiction. I'll explain that. And I like a little bit of chaos that brings laughter. Okay. And that's what this entire series is. St. Mary's Institute of Historical Research is a secret academic workplace. Madeline. I love it. I I love a secret academic. I know. Oh, my gosh. That is catnip for me. Okay, good. How have I not heard of this series? I don't know. I can't wait. Tell me everything. I have found a lot of people haven't, and that's why I had to bring it, because it's so fun. Madeline Maxwell, she gets known as Max, gets recruited and thinks she's going to be doing some safe historical work, even though the person who recruited her knows she's not inside the box kind of person. Nope. She goes. She gets recruited. She makes it through the training. She gets... In there, they travel back in time to observe and record famous or pivotal historical events to get the truth. They're called historians, 
because they simply record the history. Not like what the winners wrote and all that. They go back and see what actually happens to get the truth. They are not allowed to interfere or to hurt or engage with contemporaries, the people, modern people of the time period they're visiting. But you know, Meg, there wouldn't be mayhem and there wouldn't be, they're called disaster magnets, the historians. Okay. I mean, you put a bunch of brilliant and curious British historians together and time traveling back in a pod, a time travel pod. Hello. I'm into it. Things, of course, always go astray, no matter how hard they work, no matter what the plan says will happen. There's always. These books are bloody brilliant fun, y'all. They are bloody brilliant. I'm telling you. I just finished book 10. Oh. I know. And I am starting book 11 on my camping trip and it's called Plan for the Worst. Y'all do not miss these stories. They are fun. And a little perk, if you're on Audible, Jody Taylor has free novellas in between each novel. So you can get those free on Audible. And listen, I have listened to most of them because I just love a good British sassy woman audio. I love it. But I have done some on print also. So that's my awesome of the week. Go into a world that is fun and adventurous. So I, I love historical fiction. But, Meg, this is even better because in each book, you go back to, like, maybe three or four different time periods. Yes. While recording history, you might be in the Cretaceous period, and the next thing you know, <gasps> you're seeing Joan of Arc. Like, it's just all over the place. I love it. I love this series. Go check them out. Her new novel comes out in July. So that's why I'm with a group. We're reading a book a month leading up to the oh new gosh. release. And every month, I'm like, oh, do I have time to read another one of these? I have so many other things on my TBR. Yeah. But guess what? It's my comfort You book. make the time. Yeah. Every time I start reading it, I'm like, this is why I'm doing this. It is so great. So yes. that's my awesome of the week, the Chronicles of St. Mary's series by Jody Taylor. Oh, my gosh. I am captivated. Here's the thing, Mindy. I will confess this. And I think I've even said this on one of maybe Katie and I's reading confessions episodes or something. I'm not sure. I unfortunately have a bias against historical fiction because I honestly feel like so much historical fiction is World War II. (laughs) And while there are some very compelling and Mm -hmm. wonderful novels set in the World War II era, I'm just sort of over it. And so (laughs) then I like think every historical fiction is World War II. I know that's dumb. I know that's not accurate. Mm -hmm. But sometimes like if I hear historical fiction, I'm like, "Mm, I might pass on that. But I love what you're saying that you get a variety of past periods of time. I, this is such a fun concept for a book. Oh, it is. Sometimes they're in the English tutor situation. Sometimes, Mm. like I said, there's Joan of Arc. They go to the Cretaceous period a couple of times. We are in ancient Greece. Every book, you don't know where you're going to go, but you know, it's going to be fun. And there's, of course, there's drama, right? The historians find out somebody else has discovered what's going on here and quote bad guys, you know, and all the chasing. And so it's super, super fun. Love it. Well, Mindy, this doesn't happen very often. Now, you often do bring a book for Awesome of the Week. You know, I'm completely random. I'm all over the place. I have a new awesome every week. It's all eclectic over here. But I actually do have a book for Awesome of the Week this week. And it is also fiction. Okay. I'm going to call it realistic fantasy. Is that a genre? Um, It should be. Let's claim it. I like it. Mm -hmm. Yes, I will claim the title. Realistic fantasy has to be a thing. And this is my new favorite in this genre. I want to hear. Okay. 
It's called Divine Rivals, and it's by Rebecca Ross, who apparently has quite the back catalog of books. This is my very first Rebecca Ross book. And Mindy, I would not have found this book except for the fact that I have this problematic relationship with Book of the Month. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, I get it. And here's the problem. As I have shared many a time on Sorta Awesome, in this season of my life, if I'm not reading a book on audio, I'm not reading it. Mm -hmm. I believe myself to be still a print reader. I idealize myself. I have romanticized myself as a print reader. But Mindy, the reality is, if I'm not listening to it, it's not going to get read. Preach. But I cannot seem to cancel my book of the month subscription <laughs> because I have like nine credits built oh, up. Okay. Oh, no. That's a lot. It's a lot. And I get multiple. <laughs> I get multiple books per box every month to try to whittle it down. I have all of these books. Oh, my God. It is a real legit problem. I know I need to just cancel it, except then book of the month started releasing some titles in audio. I'm sorry, what? 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 And you can use your credits, however many you might have stored up like me, you can use your book of the month credits on audiobooks. Shinola, I did not know that. That's now, a big deal. It's a huge deal. One thing to note is they do not have all of their titles sure. on audio. It's not like, you know, book of the month, you get like what, five or six yeah. titles you can choose from mm -hmm. every month. It's not as if every single title okay. also releases an audio. Okay? okay. So I think they may have less than 10 titles at this time that they have in their audio section, but still, okay. but still, there we go. Mm -hmm. So I made a new commitment to myself starting this spring. I'm going to read 20 minutes every day. My friend Laura Tremaine talks about this often. Mm -hmm. Almost everybody can make time for 20 minutes of reading a day. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to pair it with a habit that I already have which is walking the dog. So I was like, okay, perfect. I put an audiobook on, 20 minutes, walk the dog. I'm reading at the same time. So I open the book of the month app. I'm looking through the titles that they have available in audio. And I see this one called, again, Divine Rivals, written by Rebecca Ross. I'm skimming through the reviews on the book of the month app, and I come across this review. Overall, if you love multiple points of view, enemies to lovers, that's me. I love enemies <laughs> to lovers. Magic systems, mythology, war stories, and beautiful, thoughtful writing. This book is for you. And trust me, if you read it, you won't regret it. And I was like, purchase. Use one of my mini credits. I have to have it. Okay. Magic, mythology, and enemies to lovers. Like, wow. okay. That's quite the trifecta going on there. Mm -hmm. It really is. Let me try to give you a little backstory. So in this universe of Divine Rivals, there is mythology. There's a little bit of magic, but the world is ruled by gods, sort of mythological kind. It's not like Greek or Roman. It's a completely made up mythology, but okay. it's the same concept. And so the mortals of this universe had centuries ago conquered the gods and put them to sleep in various places throughout the land, except then they start to wake up and there's this battle going on of an epic level between the gods and the mortals are, you know, they get all caught up. So there is a war story going on, but it's not World War II. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I can handle it. So our main character is named Iris Winnow. She is a budding journalist. She's a reporter. She works at the big, prestigious newspaper in this town called Oath. And she has a rival 
journalist. They're both competing for the position of columnist. It's like this treasured position. They're both young. They're both upstarts. They're both extremely talented writers. Her rival's name is Roman Kitt. So they are in competition for this job as columnist. Well, things unfold. Again, there's a war going on. Iris's brother goes to war and then she never hears from him for like six months. Things happen. She decides to go and be a war correspondent, like go to the front lines. And in the meantime, the best magical part of this story is that there's magic typewriters. So she's typing these letters and she thinks that she is sending them to her brother on the front lines. But as it turns out, she's not. She's sending them to somebody else. And I don't want to say too much else because Mm. I feel like I'll spoil the whole thing. But Mindy, I started out this book being like, okay, 20 minutes, push play, walk the dog. Let's do it. 20 minutes of reading. Let's go. That happened one day. Next day. Okay, (laughs) 20 minutes. Pick back up. I couldn't stop listening to it after that. Like every spare minute I had after that, I had my earbuds in. I I was listening. It is so good. It is so, so, so good. It is so captivating. It is such a page turner. It's the perfect blend of realistic fiction, but also magic is blended in there. So it gives it that fantasy element as well. I can't oh, stop wow. talking this about this book. sounds really good. It is so, so, so great. Again, it's called Divine Rivals. It's by Rebecca Ross. The audio narration is fantastic. Yeah, I loved it. And I think everybody okay. should read it. And it just came out in April. I'm like reading a fresh brand Look new release. You, What's Matt? been happening? <laughs> How did you find this? It is just all because of Book of the Month. Because oh, I right. had these that's credits right. that I just haven't been spending. But boy, you, know, was you this could worth use it. your Book of the Month credits for birthday gifts for your friends. I know. And I need to do that. I need to have a go to that I can, or I mean, a couple of them that I can order. If you have some built up, then every month you're getting another one, right? Literally. <laughs> Yes. I cannot spend the amount that I have. That is epic. I love it, Meg. Okay. Well, adding that to my TBR and especially for my daughter, Esther, I think she loves fantasy, but she also really loves mythology. So I'm going to go. Oh, it's perfect. That sounds really good. It's absolutely perfect. Yes. Okay. Those are mine and Mindy's Awesomes of the Week. We love to hear what is awesome in your life. So come and find us, like I said, on social media, on Instagram at Sort of Awesome Show or in Facebook in the Hangout group. So we can hear all about what is awesome in your life. Mindy and I have a lot of midlife stuff to talk about via some articles that have come out recently. And we have thoughts and responses, too. So we're going to get to all of that when we come right back. Hi, friends. You guys know that I am a big, big fan and a very vocal supporter of Headspace. I myself have been using Headspace consistently for Gosh, I guess about the past three years now, since the pandemic hit back in 2020. Just this very morning, I got a notification on my screen from Headspace that reminds me why I love this app so much. The notification said, meditation is not about self-improvement, it's about self-acceptance. Boom, it just hit me. That is exactly right. That's why I am so passionate about talking to people about meditation and mindfulness. It has absolutely changed my mental health for the better. And here's the deal on Headspace. Headspace combines scientifically proven benefits of meditation and mindfulness with modern practices through their experienced meditation teachers. With customized and personalized approaches to help you navigate through all of life's moments, big and small, Headspace is here to teach you whether you are a beginner or an expert. Headspace has helped me and more than 100 million people worldwide, and they can help you too. Listen up. You guys do not want to miss this. I have arranged something special for a limited time. All of you can try Headspace free 
for 30 days by going to headspace.com slash awesome 30. You will not find this offer anywhere else. You must use our link H E A D S P A C E.com slash awesome 30. That's the number 30 to unlock all of Headspace free for 30 days. This is not something they normally do. You guys headspace.com slash awesome 30. Okay, we are back. And as you know, Mindy Browse is on the show with me today. That means we are talking about midlife in our Midlife with Mindy and Meg series. As a reminder, don't forget, we have a whole playlist of these episodes that you can easily get to and listen to. I put the playlist together for you guys over on Spotify. So if this is your first Midlife with Mindy and Meg episode and you want to hear more, we have many conversations starting last year. So I'll put a link in the show notes for all of our midlife episodes. And also, if you're listening and you're thinking of friends and family members Mm -hmm. who need to hear these conversations, who are in that whole big chunk of life that we call midlife, that Spotify playlist, I think, makes it so easy. You can just send them a link to the playlist and they can listen to the midlife with Mindy and Meg episodes from the past. Exactly. So Mindy and I read some articles and we have some thoughts. The first one, actually, Mindy gave me the heads up on this. You guys, I have to say, this didn't even come across my radar. And that is actually like part of the bigger problem. So the headline for this article is 25 years of research shows insidious effect of racism on black women's menopausal transition and health. Mm -hmm. So Mindy kind of gave me the heads up. I did some Googling and I was like, what? So here's the thing. Here's what this research found. Black women reach menopause overall eight and a half months earlier than white women. And the research shows, again, this is a 25-year study. Research shows that Black women tend to have worse symptoms, but are less likely to receive hormone therapy and medical and mental health services. So this is 25 years of research from the Study of Women's Health Across the Nation, also known as SWAN. And it did find that there were massive disparities between black and white women in midlife. And there's so many things that play into this structural racism being a huge part of it. We know that black women face many obstacles like maternal health when we're talking about pregnancy, childbirth, all of those things. There's a lot of obstacles there. And then we see this again on the other end Mm -hmm. of women health concerns with menopause. And they found that there were six areas where black women tend to have more negative or more difficult experiences with menopause, including menopause symptoms, sleep, mental health, overall health related quality of life, cardio metabolic health, and their physical function. And so This did not come across my radar. I did know, and I have heard for years, thanks to people talking about it, that Black women tend to have higher mortality rates when it comes to pregnancy and childbirth. Mm -hmm. But Mindy, I'm like, why was I surprised? Why was I surprised to hear this? But Mm -hmm. I was so surprised that not only for the earlier onset, which I do know that through all of our research and reading and talking about perimenopause and menopause, I have learned a lot and I've learned that ethnicity is certainly a factor in when we begin to experience perimenopausal symptoms along with genetics and a variety of other things. But to hear how drastic of disparity there is. I know. I had no idea. I really had no idea. I didn't either. And again, because midlife is on my radar now and kind of 
looking around on Instagram and stuff. I saw this first on Instagram via the account, the Sam Core Trainer, S-A-M Core Trainer. She's a woman of color who does a lot of fitness, but also perimenopause and menopause stuff. And she linked to another account. And you know how you do. You just like, oh, oh, oh. And yes. it started with the information that black women entered this season eight and a half months earlier. And that was fascinating to me. And so then I started reading and found out the discrepancies. And I, too, was aghast and surprised. And then I was like, why, <laughs> Mindy, you shouldn't be surprised. I first started really hearing about these disparities from a midwife friend. Oh, OK. On Instagram. and following her articles. And the one that really made me start paying really, really strong attention was the one that where findings suggest that black newborns are cared for by black physicians. The mortality penalty they suffer as compared with white infants is halved. Halved. Wow. Strikingly, these effects appear to manifest more strongly in more complicated cases. And when hospitals deliver more black newborns, that's a, a quote from an article, but black babies newborns die at a higher rate when treated by white doctors. Wow. And the research is there. And actually just a couple of weeks ago, my bestie and I were on a trip and I was telling her about that. And she's a pediatrician. She's like, that can't be mm. true. And I was like, yes. And so we're literally sitting on the beach and I'm sending her links sitting. She's sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. she, yeah. she spent like an hour. She was aghast and had no idea. And she's a pediatrician. So the sad truth that from birth, to death, black females are discriminated against in the medical field and that there are scary, scary outcomes for that is incredibly frustrating to me. I feel like it's something that we're not being told. And I think, again, that, you know, a whole subtitle of this series could be what we haven't been told and we want you to know. Yes. No one told me that, blah, blah, blah. And again, this goes into that. And I want to just encourage all of us to really pay attention to this because the more voices who shout about this and demand change, the better. There are two accounts on Instagram that are UK-based that I found really helpful, Black Women and Menopause, and then Menopause Whilst Black. Those are both UK accounts, but really, really great info and a lot of sharing and a lot of hard-hitting comments and then... These two accounts are smaller, but they're here in the U.S. and they're growing. And that is Black Girl's Guide to Menopause and BLK, Black Meno Beyond. And okay, I'm really following these accounts you now and gathering information, and especially for our Black listeners. If this is news to you, go talk to your doctor, right? We talked in our last episode about how important it is to advocate for ourselves. But then part of this is also advocating for each other. Yes. And so, gosh, this discrepancy to me, where it said um, the greater probability of hot flashes, but less probability of treatment for hot flashes, Mm -hmm. great risk of hypertension, but less treatment for hypertension, greater risk of depression, but less treatment for depression. That, I was mad. I was like, yes. And again, I've been mad, like through menopause, (laughs) I've been mad, but I've been mad studying and also in seeing how women have been ignored, how we've been treated in this season. The fact that it is a third of our life, this is a thing. So if you take the whole picture, the whole Venn diagram of medical mm. care, 
And then you show how the discrepancy and how women are treated. Well, last episode, I forgot to get the stats, but go listen to the last episode. Back in episode 432, we shared some really eye-opening stats about how women are not given the correct care and doctors don't even bring it up. So go listen to that again. So if we think of the Venn diagram in medical care and then women, <laughs> and then women treated well, then even smaller in this is black women. And that's not okay. Yeah. That's not okay. I'm glad to learn it. I'm glad to learn it so we can make change for this. Yeah. Yes. And I think that what I have read and understood, obviously, this is not my experience, but read, understood, listened to from black women in terms of maternal care is a lot of times that they will share their symptoms with their care providers and they're not listened to. Those symptoms are minimized. Those symptoms are ignored. And that's where the lack of treatment comes in in the, you know, sort of pregnancy and postpartum part of health for black women. And I have to think that it's something along those lines, too. Like you were saying, all of these symptoms that most every woman is going to experience. Again, it's a spectrum. I'm sure there are women who absolutely skate through perimenopause and menopause and it's like no big deal. I don't want to hear from them. (laughs) Yes, at least keep that to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's like women who were like, oh, I was never nauseous when I was pregnant. I was like, yes, exactly. That's nice. I need you to leave the room. (laughs) But I have to think that Mm -hmm. this is the same thing is that they're sharing these symptoms with their care providers and there's not treatment being offered. And so I think that that is why we wanted to talk about this research in particular, because it's pretty clear. Again, this is not just a snapshot study. This is following women through 25 years. years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is huge. And so no matter what ethnicity you are, as you're sitting here listening to know if you have friends, community members, family members who this impacts to bring this research to their attention and encourage them. We need to be encouraging each other to advocate for ourselves in our healthcare anyway. But just know that when you're having a conversation with a black woman, just know that these are the obstacles that she has probably already faced yep. in receiving health care in this country and that she may need some extra encouragement, some extra handholding, some extra support to talk to a care provider about these symptoms. No woman should have to suffer needlessly through these symptoms. And I think that when we have a part of our population that already, you know, is starting from a place of just behind where care has been provided for other groups, we need Mm -hmm. that extra advocacy to come in. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because I think it's really important that we speak truth about this. And this is a hard truth that we need to work to for change. Well, that kind of leads into the next article. It perfectly does. (laughs) Yeah. A very, very, very famous Black woman in America that all of us has, you know, we know she's on our radar and that's Oprah Winfrey who is, you know, maybe a few years down the road ahead of Mm -hmm. you and I, Mindy, and experiencing this. But I think it was sometime last year, maybe towards the end of last year, she talked about in her magazine or on her website about her own menopause scare. So the article is called Oprah's Menopause Symptom Scare. So Oprah, you know, she's been pretty open about her life for decades. Yes. You know, in the American public, it's never like she's been one to shy away from talking about things. And she has talked about her experience and is continuing to talk about how these conversations going through menopause. But her scariest symptom was having really severe heart palpitations. And they were so bad that she talks about even writing in her journal, B12 
being afraid that she wasn't going to live through the night. Yeah. And I think that this is, first of all, so relatable. Like here's Oprah. She is one of the wealthiest women on this planet. She has many resources that she can access and yet still was not made aware through, you know, regular healthcare that heart palpitations can be a symptom of menopause. And that if you are experiencing that, again, you don't have to suffer with it. You don't have to live in that fear of like, what's going on? Why am I having these heart palpitations all the mm-hmm. time? Mm-hmm. So I just thought that that was so striking. What were your thoughts as you read her experience? I was so affirmed, actually, in all these conversations we've been having, because she has all the money in the world. She has all the resources in the world. This is not a socioeconomic problem that women are ignored, that perimenopause and menopause are not treated as a specialty and as the incredibly varied and important season that it is. This is sexism in the medical field, pure and simple. And to me, Oprah proved it. The fact that she had a team, she went to like six different doctors, I think it said, maybe nine, a lot. And not a single one said, wait a minute, where are you in perimenopause? What's going on with your Mm -hmm. cycles? Tell me your other symptoms. Because Mm -hmm. perimenopause and menopause, I have learned, really can only be diagnosed clinically. Blood tests. Mm -hmm. Spit tests, those actually don't do it. It is clinical diagnosis, doctor with patient discussing your symptoms. And mm-hmm. that's one of the fresh side part. That's one of the things I'm most frustrated about right now is that every time I try to have this conversation in real life, they're like, oh, well, my doctor did my hormone blood work. I'm like, mm, that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, can yeah. you go follow Dr. Mary Claire on Instagram, please? Because <laughs> yes. she says it often and again and again and much more believably because she is an OBGYN. But the fact that Oprah experienced misdiagnosis, mistreatment, and therefore missed out years, because she said it happened in 2009, started in 2009. She missed Mm -hmm. years of mental health, which takes a toll on our bodies. And y'all, I'm just going to say, if men experience the incredible amount, amount of and intensity of symptoms that women experience for a third of their lives, y'all... This season is a third of our lives. There would already be specialties. There would be yearly awards for the best in the field of practice. And guess what? There would be treatments over the counter. There would not be misdiagnosing heart palpitations as a serious Mm -hmm. cardiac event. It would be, hey, tell me what else is going on. Are you in perimenopause? Let's look at this. To me, it just screamed. This is more proof that the sexism in the medical field is not even being acknowledged. Women doctors aren't even aware of it, that they don't realize that they have been brainwashed and taught to think a certain way about Mm -hmm. this season. And it is destructive to see Oprah had to suffer for that long and to be scared. And like you said in her journals, that was one of the notes I made is that I thought I was going to die every night. I didn't Mm -hmm. know if I was going to wake up. That is not a minimal statement that is living in trauma for years. And the fact that she could have avoided it mm-hmm. if this season was taken seriously was infuriating to me. I'm, I'm super glad the article and the video, the show is out there. Go look. And I'm hoping her megaphone is going to do something. But right now, I don't want it to be just a commiseration. I don't want it to just be Oprah and 
Drew Barrymore and the others that were on the show, I think it was Maria Shriver, mm-hmm. saying, yeah, this sucks. You know, no, this sucks and this is inappropriate and we need change. Now, that's what I want her multi-million what, yes, foundation audience and, and audience yes. and her reach to make a change for yes. us. And we've been saying for our daughters and our granddaughters down the road that this will be a specialty just like any other thing. Mm-hmm. It won't just yes. be a one or two classes in med school. It will be an actual thing. Y'all, Advocacy 101 is where it starts, right? We've talked about this so much, but as you get more and more information, go listen to our whole series. I'm going to toot our own horn again, not because we're amazing, but because these conversations have been amazing and they are so informative. We're going to progress to level 401. Right now, we might be freshmen or sophomores in this knowledge (laughs) and this field, but our goal is to become graduate level students in this area of our lives so we can make change happen. The fact that this happened in 2009 and it wasn't being spotlighted until 2022 because Oprah felt like the world was ready to hear. Don't you think that's sad that she knew no one's going to want to hear about this or she thought, I can't talk about this or this is a taboo subject, blah, 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 blah. No. Hey, Oprah, girl, tell us those things immediately from now on. We all need to hear this. And so does the freaking sexist medical field. So yeah, (laughs) if you can't tell. That whole thing got me riled up. I was sad for her, but honestly, I was mad for all of us. Mm, Me too. This was really so interesting. And like you said, she did have conversations with Maria Shriver, Drew Barrymore, Mm -hmm. other people. So she's continuing the conversation, which we are so thankful for. I just have to tell you this interesting thing, totally outside of what we're talking about right now, but the headline came across my radar just in the couple of days ago, and it was saying, Somebody had polled sort of like business leaders of current time right now and asked them, like, what do you think? What kind of careers do you think like Gen Z, the teenagers of today, what should they go into? What should Gen Alpha go into? And I don't remember what they said about Gen Z, but I did. It stuck in my mind that they said they thought that Gen Alpha, which is Miko's okay. <laughs> generation, the twins, like the little kids, today's little kids, Gen Alpha. They thought, hey, go into medicine, be a doctor. We're going to have this huge Amen. aging population. So we can literally influence our little kids who are going into the medical field. Like, yes, they can be the pioneers of change. Let's do it. If it's for future generations. I love it. But we need change now, too. Yeah, of course. we do. Yes. You know, it's as all grassroots movements start, it's the voices that we're commiserating and being frustrated and then we get angry and then we join together for a common purpose and i can't wait to see the awesome kiddo down the road and we're going to get a message saying hey guess what my daughter is an ob with the specialized field of perimenopause and menopause and we're going to go yes yes exactly exactly Okay. Well, those were a couple of articles that Mindy and I have been reading and had thoughts on. We have even more. And don't forget, Mindy is going to bring back that Dr. Mary Claire Haver. That's her last name, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. She's going to bring that whole thing, her book, The Galveston Diet, back into the conversation. We're going to get to hear her thoughts on that. We'll get to all of that when we come right back. 
Hey, Awesomes. Support for today's episode comes from iHerb. iHerb offers the best curated selection of wellness products at the best possible value across a variety of categories like supplements, nutrition, beauty, and baby. When it comes to you or your baby's health, ingredients matter. iHerb cares about what's actually inside every bottle that may make up your morning beauty, your kids' routine, or your cool-down routines, and more. You can search by category, brand, or ailments that you want help with, like hair, skin, nails, or kids' health. They've really thought of everything to make shopping for these products convenient and easy. And for a limited time, you awesomes are going to get an exclusive offer of 22% off of your entire order when you go to iHerb.com and use promo code AWESOME to get 22% off iHerb has the best products, including K-Beauty. So when it was time for us to make our first iHerb order, I was so excited to find the CauseRx Advanced Snail 96 Mucin Power Essence, one of my longtime favorite products. For the younger kiddos, I got the Nature Plus Mag Kids Chewable Magnesium. iHerb makes it easy because they have items like lotion for stretch marks or prenatal vitamins, in addition to products for babies and children like pouches, teethers, sunscreen, and it's all in the same place. So Awesomes, it's time to get your health in check with iHerb. Our listeners get 22% off of your first order when you use code awesome at iHerb.com. That's 22% off of your first order at iherb.com, promo code awesome. Choose iHerb because wellness matters. Okay, we are back. And today in our Midlife with Mindy and Meg series, Mindy and I are talking about some current topics of conversation that are out there. They're in the press. There's articles being written about. There's research being released about it. And we're sharing them with you. Of course, we're going to have links. I I didn't even say that. But, you know, we'll have links to all of these if you want to go read them yourself Mm -hmm. in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) If you have little ears listening, some Gen Alpha around you listening, this might be one you want to push pause or pop in the old earbuds for, because this next article is actually from one of my very favorite newsletters. And this is called The Vaginal Laser Controversy. Yes. (laughs) Mindy, I suspect that this might be the one. This is where we hit those two words. That Yes, this is the segment where you're going to get me to say two words that I didn't know I was going to say on air ever. Look, who wakes up in the morning and is like, you know what I'm going to say on microphone today? Vaginal laser. (laughs) Or how about vaginal and mucus? Because those are the two that you're getting me to say that I was like, what, Meg? So yes, vaginal laser controversy. This is from Dr. Jen Gunter's very amazing newsletter called The Vagenda. If you are in midlife, or even if you're not, if you're a woman and you are interested in hearing an OBGYN's take on all kinds of things that have to do with women's health, but especially perimenopause and menopause, go sign up for the Vagenda. It is so good. So Dr. Jen Gunter was asked to look at some studies around the use of vaginal lasers as a treatment for some of the changes that happen to the vagina during perimenopause and menopause. And so there are some major changes in the vagina. This is just reality. Yes. The layers of cells in the mucosa, that's the lining of the vagina, that thins, it becomes more fragile. It bleeds more easily when touched. We have collagen that is breaking down and weakening. That can cause pain, certainly. There's an interesting thing that happens. The vagina during perimenopause and menopause loses 
sugar storage, which was not even a thing I knew was happening down there. Mindy, Did okay. I know my vagina was storing sugar? I did not, Meg. I did not. I have been mm-hmm. operating this machinery for 45 years. <laughs> I did not know there was uh, a sugar storage happening, uh-huh. but there is. And that actually is something that helps to keep the tissue of the vagina plump mm-hmm. and also feeds good bacteria. And when there is no sugar to feed the good bacteria that live in our vagina and that mm-hmm. in the vaginal microbiome, then that leads to other problems. We have a decrease in vaginal lubrication. There's a lot going on, ladies. We yeah. need to be aware of it. And trust me, whether you know this is going to happen or not, it doesn't matter. It, your body will just your body start, will tell it you. will change. And when we yes. talked about sex in midlife in episode 401, y'all can go listen to that again. Or for the first time, there's a lot of info we brought on there that changes in yeah. our nether regions. And this is real. This is not like, oh, you can avoid it. This is about how to handle it and what to do. Yeah. So yeah, these are real things. So Dr. Gunter talks about the fact that already right now, there are a couple of treatments for changes to vaginal health and vaginal tissue during perimenopause and menopause. One of them involves vaginal estrogen. And the other is a steroid that somehow, <laughs> the magic of science, converts cells into testosterone and estrogen. So they're both available by prescription already. Right. And Dr. Gunter says these are both really effective. However, number one, some women don't want to use that Mm long-term vaginal therapy and others just like for medical reasons are not good candidates for that kind of treatment. And so they're left without any treatment for these changes. Again, as you were talking about in our last segment, we have plenty of Doctors who specialize in erectile dysfunction, like that's a thing that has treatment for it. But when it comes to women and all of these massive, uncomfortable changes that happen in the vagina during menopause, you can try this. But if you aren't a good candidate for it, well, you're just going to have to live with it, I guess. So one supposed solution that has come on the market in the past number of years is vaginal laser therapy. She talks about one in specifics and she's Mm -hmm. like, look, I'm skeptical. I don't understand biomedically like how a laser therapy treatment is going to work to correct these issues. But, you know, the company that created it and it's marketing it is like, oh, yeah, here's how it works. It does this and that and this. It supposedly increases blood flow to the vagina and causes collagen to be able to come back into, I want to say manufacture. That's not right. To be more produced. Right, right. That can restore the vaginal microbiome. It can do all of these things and you don't even have to use estrogen and it's just a laser treatment. Now, the laser treatment, by the way, does cost thousands of dollars, Uh but she's been really skeptical about it. But she was like, hey, you know what? New discoveries happen in medicine all the time and thank goodness they do. So sure, I will look at the studies. And she has a really long article in her newsletter about this. Honestly, Meg, this ended up being my favorite article, despite when I first opened it, I was like, what? <laughs> it's very, very good. It's so good. It really is. It's so good. She talks about how she was skeptical, but she thought, hey, maybe it'll work. But then as it turns out, no, it does not perform any better than placebo does when it comes to vaginal laser therapy. And one thing I really appreciate about Dr. Gunter is she takes a very woman forward approach. And she really is a great critic of the culture that we have that, as you and I have talked about, that makes it so difficult and 
really precludes so much relief from suffering for women during this time. Like she calls it out time and time again. She's a staunch advocate for women's health. So I really encourage you. It's kind of a long read. It kind of gets in the weeds a little bit in terms of because she is a doctor and she uses medical terminology. Mm -hmm. She's not sugarcoating it for easy reading. But basically she calls it out and she's like, listen, this is a waste of people's money and and it can cause vaginal injury. Right. You're trying to do these things to counteract the impact of perimenopause and menopause. And then you end up getting hurt and you've wasted thousands of dollars. Yeah. I'm sorry. I kind of stepped on your toes. I started giving my commentary. That, oh, that's no. her commentary. And then I'm getting fired up no, thinking do it. about it. Yeah. And- <laughs> well, I think this one was so good. And like, you know, we said earlier, we're your spark notes. So if you don't want to read, this is why we're here yeah. talking about it. She does approach it from a medical perspective, saying, okay, let me see the studies. Y'all, they did a study, I think it was 2021, and then they did another one. Yeah. This year. Like this year. This year. Yeah. And she was like, why did we need a second one when the first one proved it is completely useless? But okay. And it also, no, is completely ineffective. It is the same as the placebo. And yet women are out thousands of dollars. They're being peddled to, you know, you need this and we can help you, these med spas and all of that. And so I hadn't heard the term vaginal laser, but I had heard of the term Mona Lisa touch. I had seen that somewhere, you know, in billboards Mm -hmm. and different things, you know, going to medical spas is not in my sphere of life, but I had heard Mm -hmm. that. And so she basically shows you this is why I didn't think it worked. This is what they said it would do. And it did exactly what I thought. It didn't do anything. It is just terrible. And I love how she walks us through that. But then she also comes right around to where we did kind of last segment where she's like, oh, wait, we're taking advantage of women again. Oh, we're peddling to them basically snake oil treatments. And we don't want to spend our money and effort and time on actual help. Right. We don't want to devote an entire, oh gosh, I guess I'm going to say it again, specialist field in this to really, really study things. No, let's try to give them quick fixes that actually don't fix. But let's just keep telling it. For me, when she said that a health story is more likely to be newsworthy if it serves the patriarchy or scares women or preferably both, I was like, Mm -hmm. bam. And we not seen that in so many other places, right? And it's one of the reasons I'm hesitant to buy certain products or look into things because I'm like, are you a snake oil salesman? Are you not? And the fact that women are lasering their vaginas to try to help when Mm -hmm. they're being taken advantage of, again, got me pretty, pretty furious. And for me, that was enough, like the article. But then when she brought it around to how the effectiveness is not explained and touted, but we definitely want to talk about scare tactics on things that actually have such a minimal risk, but we're going to blow them up. So like in this article, she talked about that if you've heard of osteonochronosis, okay, It's a tricky one. It's a word. Okay. (laughs) Of the jaw as a complication of biophosphonates, which are drugs to treat osteoporosis, which is a real risk, right? And it's a damaging and scary thing. You want to avoid osteoporosis. 
This is a quote. Many women are afraid to take these medications because of the risk, in part due to the press coverage. The risk is about 0.01 to 0.04%. And while the condition is serious, the risk posed by untreated osteoporosis is much worse. And then she says, guess what? The patriarchy wants to keep people scared, so they're not getting help, right? Have you heard about the serious side effects of a drug called Viagra, which includes Mm -hmm. loss of vision? They are at least common. The risks involved with Viagra are at least as common as this medication for osteoporosis. But um, hey, Meg, everyone knows what the little blue pill is. There are commercials all over the freaking place that I have to be like, hey, look over there, kids. (laughs) I mean, the fact that, again, the sexism in the fields and in the news, this whole systemic thing is a problem. And so women are not getting help they actually need. And instead, we're being kind of funneled into this spa. Again, Mm -hmm. that goes back to the whole women in appearances thing. and. Here, go get your vagina laser. It's not going to do anything, but you're going to spend thousands of dollars. And we think it's what you should do. Yes. How many men are signing up to get their penises lasered? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Come on. And if it wasn't working, everyone would know that. Yes. It would be like, no, thing. that's fake. That's not real. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. It is appalling. Yeah. It's truly what it comes down to. And again, I think that if you read her words, you'll see how she makes all of these connections, because even though she does use actual medical terminology, she also makes it all really accessible oh, as yeah. you're reading it and just enough to get you fired up. Oh, yeah, I agree. You know, she does acknowledge that there are many providers of these services that say, well, I have this patient who said this and this patient said that. And she acknowledges that there may be anecdotal stories of people who for a variety of reasons, did have a good outcome. But that when you look at clinical research, when you look at the actual black and white, totally objective, not anecdotal studies, that it doesn't have the impact that the marketing claims that it does. No. So guys, don't spend your money on that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, let's end on a good note. And I also do want to hear the Galveston diet update before we get to that one positive thing that came across my radar that I was like, well, this is kind of nice to hear. Good news, Mindy, our brains adapt and bounce back after menopause. So this came from Cornell, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes so you guys can go read it. But basically, they looked at some brain scans of 161 women between the ages of 40 and 65, and they looked at the changes in gray matter, white matter, Mm -hmm. cerebral blood flow, glucose Glucose. consumption in the brain. (laughs) Yes, all of these things. And they looked to see what was happening. and. Essentially, brain recovery can and does happen in postmenopausal women. And the great news is, is that, you know, all of us do feel these cognitive changes that are happening. We don't even know, like on the cellular level, what's happening, but we can feel it in the lived experience of it. I thought this was such a great reminder about the wonders of neuroplasticity that the brain adapts during the menopause phase. And as we move out of like the intensity of it and our body kind of stabilizes in our postmenopausal life, that the brain adapts and bounces back too. Yeah. What were your thoughts on uh, this? I was encouraged, right? And again, affirmed, we had talked about before about brain fog that our brains don't go back to quote normal after we have a baby. 
until three months after postpartum if we're not breastfeeding. But if we are breastfeeding, then not until three months after we're done Mm -hmm. breastfeeding. So that takes a while. I was kind of worried that we just don't ever really bounce it back for menopause and perimenopause. But to see that, first of all, I was totally blown away by the metabolic adaption that happens in our brains. I was like, yes, our bodies are amazing, amazing. I was blown away by that. And then to see that within two years, two years later, things can go back to pre-perimenopause. And that's encouraging. Now, I really would like it to be, you know, two months, but it's not that. So I will let you keep you updated, right? So I'm about four months into this. So I'm curious to see. I have some hope that, you know, my memory will improve because that is one of the things that is really scary. But it's amazing to see that a myriad of changes to brain structure, brain region connectivity, and brain energy consumption is a real thing. Like the fact that our actual brains change, our actual mm-hmm. brains. Fascinating that our brains actually change and it's our actual brains. That is yes. mind-blowing to me, that, uh, play on word there, but it really, <laughs> it really is amazing. And to think that we're just walking around with our brains changing. Yeah. And I know. being affected and I haven't killed anyone. I suddenly decided <laughs> I deserve some kind of rare treat. Yes. But it was really encouraging to hear that it will go back. And again, when I read the last part of that article, you sent me on another rabbit trail too. Fine, because I don't like cliffhangers. So I don't like cliffhangers. Mm. And this is what she said at the end of the article. And so I was like, well, now she said, even though many women experience troublesome symptoms from hot flashes to forgetfulness, menopause is a normal physiological event. Our studies suggest that the brain has the ability to find a new normal after menopause, at least in most women, and that we hope our findings will help overcome the stigma around menopause and encourage all women to take care of their brains during this transition. So it's exciting to say, maybe it won't be pre-perimenopause, Mindy, but there will be a new normal. It won't be yes this shift that is not healthy and good that I will shift back to some health. But then I was like, well, how do I take care of my brain during transition? Mm, mm-hmm. Dr. Moscone, you can't just say that and then be like, peace out. I was like, what? No. Well, uh. so of it's course, like the ultimate cliffhanger. it really was. She's <laughs> like, you can go back to normal. Just take care of your brain. And I was like, well, no one's ever told me that. Take care of my brain. <laughs> so what does that mean? And so of course I looked her up. She's a huge proponent of diet, healthy okay. diet. And yes. she has a book and she also really talked about that women, our brains are actually different than men brains. Mm-hmm. So the X chromosome has almost a thousand more genes than the Y chromosome. And they're mm. not just related to reproduction. That lots oh. of that has to do with taking care of our brains. And so, of course, I had okay. to look it up. And this will be a great transition into the Galveston diet. Yes. There's a lot of similarities here. She basically says that plant-based diets seem to benefit women more than men starting in midlife. And she said antioxidants are important. She even suggests double roasts, which I thought coffee drinkers out there might be excited about. Berries, dark leafy greens, omega-3s, and phytoestrogen-rich foods. One of the things she said in an article I found was, there's evidence that women who consume one serving of tropical fruits per week have better fertility and later onset of menopause. And Hmm. again, I just want to remind us that if... 
later onset is good because once we hit menopause, we are at higher risk for many, many things. So I am now in that zone and didn't know that. She said, of course, don't eat processed foods. And I think that means Cheez-Its, Meg, but it could be wrong. She said, your risk of heart disease increases by over 30% and doubles your risk of dementia and cancer and increases your risk of depression and hemorrhagic stroke, which we have touched on before. But basically, when she says take care of your brains, she means several things, but one of them, and I'll just go ahead and transition into the Galveston diet, is what you eat. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it because you had mentioned this book. We were talking about the struggles real in the clothes closet and how yes. we were talking about that in yes. episode 427 and how we were like, Mrr. we need help. Yes. And we had both found Dr. Mary Claire, yes. that's her Instagram, but she is Dr. Mary Claire Haver. Yeah. Yes. And she's very active on social media. She's a very strong advocate for women's health, especially around perimenopause and menopause. So at that time, you, I think, had put the book like a, a request in had, for the library. Yes. And correct. you got it. Yep. You read it. Tell me your thoughts as we close out this conversation. All right. Oh, look, you oh, even got brought it. it. I brought it. Whoa. I brought it. Okay. There it is. I'll yes. do a freeze so you can take a picture. There you go. Okay. Oh, yeah. Just kidding. Okay. I bought this and I had high hopes, but I was also had a heavy, heavy amount of skepticism because I don't trust diet culture. And so I have been burned. I have done some diets that were not good for me over time. I don't have a good body image mindset, but what convinced me to buy her book was her account and Mm -hmm. she is legit. And so she doesn't talk about, please be skinny. You know, she talked about, you're experiencing the following symptoms. Let me help you. And she won't deny that one of them is belly fat. And we've talked about this again in other episodes. About how, and I think it was 427, how unfair it is that fat deposits start happening in our midsection and Mm -hmm. intentionally our bodies do that on purpose. Once we hit midlife, it's an actual thing. And the research showed that no change in diet and you're still going to gain. And I found that in here too. And so I loved it. I love the book. It really is one of those books that you're going to highlight. So I rarely buy a book in hard copy. I just don't. I do audio and I take notes. But two reasons I went ahead and spent the money on this is, one, I was going to highlight a ton. And then the other part, and I'm going to show you right here, how much of the book is a plan, like an actual eating plan that she gives you. So this is the data and why she did what she's done. And then this is the plan and menus. She gives you very specific menus, but she also provides for vegetarians or whatever. So it's not like you have to do this. Well, like, okay, which I had been frustrated because I had just started doing the no dairy and gluten-free. Yes. And I was like, can I do this? You know, Mm -hmm. but she also, she must have heard from women like me while she was working on this because I get very frustrated when a plan is like, okay, have this salmon with blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. at dinner, have blah, blah, blah. And every day is a whole different thing. She does yes. not do this. She's frugal. She's like, okay, okay you're going to make this. You're going to have it for lunch today. And you're going to have it for lunch two days later. So okay, you are yes. using. She's realistic she's about realistic. it. So we're not making yes. a whole different meal every time. Yes. And we're not wasting yes. food. That's a big deal to me is not wasting food. Yes. But the part that really had me was she goes through 
nine hormones that are affected in perimenopause, nine, Meg, I didn't know those. I was like, I'm doing a series with Meg and I hadn't heard of these hormones. So, No, we usually think about the big three, right? Like progesterone, mm-hmm. estrogen, mm-hmm. and testosterone. Yep. And so she but starts with actually- those, but insulin and leptin, which we've talked about with the fat bears, ghrelin, I hope I'm saying that right, cortisol, neuropeptide mm. Y, like she walks you through the medical reasons we're experiencing what we're experiencing. And she's like, I'm wow. going to help you. And I was like, girl, take my money. And now I will yes. say, I wish she lived here so she could cook for me and do the things. <laughs> yes. And I had planned to start it last Tuesday, the day after my birthday, I had decided I did start with phase one for me. So I ended up joining a little group, creating a little group of bookish people from Instagram that were interested yeah. in this. So okay. there's a few of us like, okay, what are we going to start with? We talked about the book and we each made a goal. So my goal, number one, was to start the intermittent fasting, which she okay. encourages to not eat from 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. at night till 11 a.m. the next morning. So I have started doing that, giving up my chai, which is a really weird thing. But the data that she brings to the table convinced me. And then the next phase was supposed to start the day after my birthday. But, you know, like you said at the beginning of the show, I got COVID. And Meg, I don't Mm. try to do anything when I'm sick. No, no, no. That is not the time. But I just want you guys to know this book is very informative. She goes through and explains why things are happening. And to me, that's what I wanted. I wanted somebody to tie it to medical. Meg, I don't want to develop an eating disorder. I don't want to be like, oh, I can't have a French fry ever again or whatever. But for her to help bring it home on why my brain and why my memory and why the hot flashes and all those things. And then say, let me give you some food to eat to combat that. I was like, okay, girl, I'm in. So I will be starting it and I look forward to sharing more about it. But I do think she's done it. She's helping women. You know, I don't know. For some people, some of this may not be new. Like when she talks about macronutrients and eating windows Mm -hmm. and anti-inflammatory foods, when I've talked about it with friends, they've heard of those things. And I just haven't because, again, I've stayed away from diet culture. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. You're just going to tell me that I need to be thin. But for her to bring these into a medical thing is wonderful. So yeah, that's my update. I look forward to giving you another update once I get going on the plan, but I think it's worthwhile. I trust her and that's saying something again. Yes. But that was like we talked about last time watching a lot of her stuff and she cares about women and she cares about what we're experiencing and she's not looking for an end result of a size. She's looking for an end result. Do you feel better? Yes. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Thank you for that update. I definitely need to check that out too, for sure. Okay, Mindy, thank you so much for this conversation again, just coming in days after having COVID and all of the things, the battles. Thank you for taking the time to read the research with me Mm -hmm. and share your thoughts. This means so much. If people want to find you, like you mentioned on Instagram or wherever to chat more about midlife issues or books or whatever, where can we find you all around the web? I am on Instagram more than a person should be at Grateful for Grace. So yeah, come hang out. Awesome. Love it. I am on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show by searching Sorta Awesome wherever you are on social media and find us there. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.